Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Joining me for the hour, as he does throughout baseball season on Wednesdays. He's a good man. He's got his coffee. He's focused. He's ready. He's amped because he's trying to find some kind of outlet to unleash competition. This is probably the wrong outlet. I don't think we're competing, but... All these games being moved or canceled due to rain. Associate head baseball coach for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Anthony Babino, joins us now. We were talking about rain last week, Bab. Didn't foresee, on a serious note, what, what's unfolded here the last few days. And for everybody that's dealing with flooding, man, my heart goes out to them. I know that's something that you had to deal with quite a bit in 2016. Is everything okay on that front? Everything is okay on that front, thankfully. But you're right. If um, there's anybody that's sympathetic to some things that are going on now, it's it certainly me, as uh, I know a lot of people are. So one day this rain will get away from us, I, I suspect. Hopefully it's soon with our series being Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this weekend against Troy, final home series, and, you know, senior day and graduation ceremonies and festivities set for before Saturday's ball game. So hopefully things can clear out and we can play some baseball. It's um, th- there's There's a lot to unpack here about what's what's at stake here but let's start with something that's really notable and nice and that is the ceremony for saturday graduation how many players are graduating this year we've got 12 that are graduating and doesn't i mean that's that seems higher than normal well it does but it's due to the fact that a lot of guys were able to come back from you know the covid year that the ncaa granted them and which allowed them to get you know not ahead really in school but allowed them to catch up really allowed the school to catch up with the with the baseball really with their their eligibility so we've got a dozen guys graduating four seniors that we're going to honor on saturday before the game so you know i I hope we have a really nice crowd to to recognize those guys because they've done they've done a lot they've been through a lot when you consider having a season pulled away from them last year and just other personal things that these guys have have overcome to play collegiate athletics and and to get a degree and get to the end and and move to that next phase of their life you know the seniors um start with austin bradford in terms of i think he's been described as a glue type guy but um want you to just highlight those four guys before we kind of start digging into What's coming up on the diamond here this weekend and beyond? Starting with Austin Bradford, you know, you've been with him. I know he's a transfer. It's not like he's been here for five years, but he's also been here for a little while, and and he's meant a lot to the program. He really has. You know, came to us from LSUE, and while he may not have gotten tons of time out on the mound, he spent hours and hours of time in the bullpen trying to improve, helping other guys get better in the clubhouse, being, as you mentioned, that glue guy that's kind of kept everything together. He's been a a guy that the young players can go to for advice. If they're not sure when to beware, how to beware, they can go to Austin. And, and, you know, he really just kind of keeps that, that group together and keeps them informed, really, so to speak. Really, all of our seniors kind of take on that role, but but Austin seems to to do that a little a little more than most for whatever reason. I guess that's just his personality. That's what that's the way he's wired. 
you know, he's going to make a great, a great husband, a great father, just because you can tell early on he's got, he takes on the responsibilities of a care, a caretaker, so to speak. Like he, a, he takes uh, care of people. It's like a, a guidance counselor within the clubhouse. Exactly. The other players. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's the, he's the counselor. For the guidance sure. counselor. Um, another transfer and, and, I'm going to ask you more about him in a minute, but just in terms of his impact in Drake Osborne. Man, his impact has been anytime you get a transfer like that, that becomes your everyday catcher and excels and can lead off as he has for the last couple of months and, and hit 300 and just throw guys out. You know, <laughs> what he has done for us has been tremendous. It really has. I don't know where we would be if, if – we wouldn't have Drake, uh, but another guy that just goes about his business and, and does it the right way and, and the, has the respect of the, of the team and just a leader. Uh, tough son it of really a gun. really is. Yeah. Tough son of a gun, you're right, because, you know, from the, the shoulder coming out of, of socket during the season and coming back, he's down with it again right now. Hopefully he'll be back this weekend. It's not as bad as it was the previous time, so we think he'll – be with us this this weekend. Don't know about Thursday night, but at some point this weekend, he should be back with us. Um, but you're right, just a tremendous impact he's made in just the one year that he's had with us. Brennan Bro, originally, you know, I mean, he's, he's from Scott, Louisiana, mm-hmm. LS, STM, LSU, then UL, and uh, his play as of late with the bat has has the, the numbers are trending upward and continue to, but. Uh, just what kind of character is he? What kind of young man is he? Well, you know, Brennan, as everyone knows, is a kid that we recruited very heavily out of St. Thomas More and made the decision to go to LSU, decided to come back home, and very thankful that he did. I think that his career has kind of flourished and blossomed since he's been back home. He's been a little bit more comfortable. And another guy kind of like Bradford that has taken on that role of of you can come to me when there's issues, when you can come to me, when you need to find things out. He's the the last one to stay every day and make sure the clubhouse is tidy and in order. Last one to get on, everybody's on and, and packed up and is doing what they need to do. So just a lot of guidance and, and leadership from, from Brennan. As you mentioned, his play as of late has always been an outstanding defender, always. Uh, but the Offensive side of his game has really come on as of late. He's got he's had some big at bats for us, driven in some big runs uh, lately for us. So hopefully that continues, you know, throughout the remainder of the season and who knows how far. And then you got Jack Burke, who's been here for six years. Uh, I remember asking Robe about him when he was redshirting. What kind of future do you think this kid from Jesuit has? And he said. Very bright one. Mm-hmm. You saw him as a as a redshirt freshman in 2017, <clears throat> getting starts out the gate, and he's dealt with injuries. He's overcome a lot, but uh, for a guy that's been here as long as he has, he's kind of seen it all. Well, he really has, and you mentioned a guy that's never. I don't know if throughout that whole six years he's been completely. I don't know if he would be able to tell you that at any day during those six he's years 100%. that he was 100 percent healthy, but when he was. 80 to 90 to 95 percent and unable to get on the mound for us it's been pretty good even to this day it really has and a mechanical engineering major gonna graduate just a very very bright kid sharp and he's got an internship lined up you know for this summer as soon as he finishes 
with baseball. So another driven kid. There's a few of them, Jack, and some other guys that kind of have taken a gunner's lead as far as the taking care of the mound goes and making sure that that is okay. Jack's one of those guys that that always takes care of the mound after games, practices, and just a world-class kid. He really is. All, all four of those seniors, just their, their, their integrity is so great. Their value system is so great their upbringing has been really good you know high character guys high character for sure espn 1420.com honoring the seniors honoring a dozen graduates as well saturday in the season and home finale against troy that game scheduled for four uh right now cajun scheduled to take on troy tomorrow and friday six o'clock from ml tigmore field at russo park drake osborne you said you hope you think you're going to see him at some point this week, and you're not sure about tomorrow. Is it a pain tolerance thing for him at this point? How is he feeling with his shoulder? Well, he's feeling good. Uh, at practice yesterday, you know, he obviously didn't do anything, but you could just tell the way someone's walking around and interacting, you know, how they feel a lot of times. And I even asked him, I said, what do you think about the weekend? He said, I'll be back for this weekend. And you can tell when someone's serious or not. Uh, but it is a pain tolerance deal. And like I said, it wasn't as, as serious this go-around as it was during the middle of the season where he missed a, a lot of time. So, you know, if he can tolerate it and, and trainer says he's good to go, he's got a he's got a way that he wraps it where he kind of holds it in place. in place, so to speak. I mean, it's not foolproof because it came out again this weekend, but but it, it kind of holds it in place a little bit. So, and then you just worry that it he, he goes too hard and comes out again, right? But then he's so valuable, and I my 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 question lineup wise, Bab is, it feels like it took a while, but it feels like in a lot of ways the lineup has settled, right? If Drake's not able to go, do you just take someone that's not in that lineup and put them in that spot? at the top, or do you kind of have to shuffle the whole lineup because Drake can't play on game day, potentially, if he's not able to? I think you've got to shuffle it a little bit. You you surely don't want to shuffle it a lot, but you know I don't know about taking someone who would be replacing him, whether that be Hagedorn or Brock, and just putting those guys. You know, it's different type hitters. Drake, mm-hmm. obviously, is up there for the reasons that he's up there. He always gives us a great at-bat, sees a lot of pitches, doesn't strike out. He does what a leadoff, what you want a leadoff hitter to do. Those other guys, I'm not saying that they can't do it, but to just instantly insert them up there, you know, it's different type hitters. So I would think, you know, we haven't discussed that yet in the office. So, But, but I would think that things would be shuffled a little bit, whether that means – putting TR back up there or, or taking another guy that doesn't strike out a lot and, and putting him up there. Those are discussions that we would have to have. Interchange a few spots, but do your best not to shake up the entire thing. For sure, because you know we kind of feel like we've got a little rhythm and continuity in the in the lineup now. As you mentioned, it's settled in. You know, it's the same guys going out every each and every night, so you don't want to dis- disrupt that too much. Can you remember a season where it, it – it- the lineup wasn't settled until about early May. Yeah, there's been lots of seasons like that, and and usually the seasons that are like that are the seasons that kind of 
go up and down offensively uh-huh. because guys don't step into roles and, and produce in them or get comfortable with them or do what they should do in certain roles. You know, each each spot in the lineup has a certain job. It really does, from leadoff all the way down to nine. And some guys are comfortable in certain spots and can do what that spot calls for, and others can't. And the, the years that you're kind of up and down offensively, usually the years where the lineup is not settled until very late, kind of as it was this year. You Somebody could – I don't have really much money, but somebody could have gotten all $3 from me on Saturday if they had bet me because in the second game of the doubleheader, top of the eighth, um, you know – you got uh you're down by one. You have I think Tyler Robertson's on, Brandon Talley's on, and I'm thinking, oh here comes a bunt, and Bobby swings that first pitch, ties it. Then oh here comes a bunt. Brandon slashes it. Now now you know, Deggs explained it on Monday what went into that, but it was just a reminder to me of man I, I don't I don't know what to expect, but they've. They've got a reason for everything. I just I give up trying to predict here, and it worked, right? It worked, but um, yeah, you could have gotten all three dollars from me, Ben. Those are situations where you know you roll the dice and and you you use information you have that you think will be productive in certain situations, and and it involves a little risk. It obviously does, and when it works as it did to perfection, man, it's like holy cow, this is awesome. If it doesn't work. Holy cow, what are they doing? Just lay down. You know what I'm saying? When it's, it works as a coach, is there like a little dopamine that goes off in your mind? Like in oh, your absolutely. body, you're like, oh, that feels good. Absolutely <laughs> it is. Because you're, I mean, you're just, you're taking a chance. You're really, I mean, a chance, so to speak. I a mean, you calcu- still. A calculated a risk. A calculated risk. I mean, you feel good about the hitter that you have up, that they can put the ball in play. And, and but you're right. When you, when you put something on that involves a little bit of risk, no different than any other thing. Anything else we do in life, you know, that something that involves a little bit of risk, it feels really good. And, and a little, like you said, a little bit of dopamine, little dopamine going on. Release. Um, <clears throat> Brandon Talley, man. I, I think I, I asked Degs this. So I ask you, what do we call him? Do we call him a DH or a closer? We call him Cowboy. cowboy. That's right. You've told me that before. We call him Cowboy. Now, have, have you ever seen him wear a cowboy hat? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Pulls it off, I'm guessing. Oh, 100%. you don't get the nickname cowboy if, no, no, if you no, don't no, no. if you can't pull off a cowboy. No, he hat. definitely can pull it off. Certain people can. Now, look, you you don't have to necessarily be a quote cowboy to pull off a cowboy hat, but certain people can pull it off, and certain people just can't. Mm-hmm. The key is, is really what you're wearing with the cowboy hat. The rest of the ensemble That's has it. to match. You know, I I I found found a cowboy hat. A few years ago at my parents' house, and it was a hat I wore when I was in the musical Oklahoma, and it was like up in my parents' attic or something. Mm -hmm. We were staying there for a short time between moves, and uh, my son's like, oh, Daddy, put it on. At the time, I just happened to be wearing some new sweater my wife had gotten me that, like, has these two flaps that are, like, it goes from, like, dark, but the flaps are white. Well, kind of like a Marlboro Man thing. Had never worn one of those before, but I had just gotten it the day before. And when I put on the hat, they were all like, you actually don't look like an idiot. And then, of course, I got carried away and I started wearing it for like a week or two. (laughs) But I made sure that I wore the sweater every time because if I was just wearing it like with this T-shirt I'm wearing, everybody would be like, you look like a a doofus. Well, some cowboys can 
pull well, off so, the yeah, T-shirt yeah. as well. Yeah, I guess, I guess the more work you have to put into the rest of the outfit is is probably predicated on just how cowboy you are. But going back to sorry, cowboy tally, <laughs> he has been wow. I don't know where we'd be without him. Uh, from what he's done on the mound, you know, he hasn't been involved offensively that much throughout the season. But there has been some stints where he's gone over the first base. He's he plays a great defensive first base, and he has had a couple of big at bats for us. He really has. So, but he has been super consistent on the mound. Very resilient. Every time you ask him how his arm feels on a scale of 1 to 10, he says 10. Doesn't matter if he threw one pitch the previous day or 30 pitches. He'll tell you with a straight face, 10, I feel great. Send me out there. You know, and you send him out there and he gets it done. And this weekend, you know, he gives up that homer in that game to tie it, Mm -hmm. but just keeps pitching. You know, he gives that up, but doesn't give up anymore. You know, he never flinches. He understands that, hey, sometimes things are not going to work out. The guys, and we've discussed this before, I've mentioned this before, and this is one of the things that Coach Robe used to kind of harp on with our guys is as pitchers, once the ball leaves your hand, you have absolutely zero control over what happens next. You know, the call that the umpire makes, the result of, of the at-bat, if it's going to be an out or if it's going to be over the fence, you've got no control over it. And the sooner you can realize that and understand that, then the sooner you'll be able to move on after giving up a homer or a bad call by the umpire and move on to the next pitch and be productive on that next pitch or that next at-bat. And that's what Brandon has the ability to do. I mean, he gave it up. Is he upset? Obviously, but okay, that's done with. I can't do anything about it. Let me make sure I send my guys back to the dugout tied and not down one or down two mm-hmm. or down three or coach having to come pull me because I can't throw a strike after I gave up a home run. And that's what he has the ability to do. Just, hey, circle of bases. I know you got me. Touch home plate. Give me a ball so I can go get the next guy. Cowboy up. Cowboy up. He really up. does look like, I mean, big guy. Oh, he's he's a cowboy. I mean, if he's if like if when we say dress up, it's jeans and boots. Yeah. He uh he likes to scrap, man. ESPN fourteen twenty came up big over the weekend, and how big was it? You look at the Sun Belt Conference standings. Guys can finish anywhere from first in the West to last if things go bad, and to go get a road series win at UTA, take two or three from the team that's in first place. Currently, you guys sitting in second. When you think of the magnitude of that game three of that series and that call, which kind of sparked this whole conversation that I briefly got on track, and I appreciate you reeling it in like a cowboy uh, with cattle there. The standings, when you go into this weekend, Bab, and you look at the weather, wanting to get these games in, the layout of the tournament, the pod system, what's the – What's the protocol this weekend if weather gets in the way from the Sun Belt? What's the mindset? How much have you guys thought about it? I got a lot of questions for you. Don't go anywhere. It's Anthony Babino. I'm Scott Prater. The Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suda, continues right after this.
back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. Associate head baseball coach from Louisiana, Anthony Babineau, our guest. He celebrated a birthday this week. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. 25. 50. Times two. Times two. <laughs> five tens. I like to say it's five, five tens. Five tens. How are you feeling? Like five tens. Nice. I feel great. Feels just like 49. Did you think at 25 you'd be 50? Coaching baseball at 50? Oh. <laughs> at 25, <laughs> I never thought I'd be 50. That's for sure. You don't think about that stuff. No. Of course, at 25, the idea of like 50 is like. That's never going to get here. Yeah. Never going to get like, here. That's, that's, and then you then you're suddenly you're 50, you're like, you know what? It's not that old. Mm-mm. It's not old at all. It's just a number. That's all it is. It's older than I always put, and everybody knows this that talks to me. I always put ER on the end of it. Older. I will agree to getting older. I will not agree to getting old. We had that discussion earlier this uh, this season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Older. Older. Big difference. But did I think I would be coaching baseball at 50 when I was 25? I'd hope that I would. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, older. I was still, you know, 25. I was just getting into it. So I really had no idea. I knew that's. This is something that I wanted to do, or at least I thought I wanted to do, and turns out that's what I wanted to do. And thankfully, I've been able to do it for this long. Thankfully, I've been able to do it at this program, a great university, my alma mater, you know, where I grew up. That where, part of it is rare, you know. It is, and, and I and I realize that, but I feel, and I've mentioned this several times, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to do it in my hometown where I played, been able to stay near to my parents have not had to move from city to city to city. Mm-hmm. I just feel very fortunate. I really and, do. And, and you've seen guys that have had to go the other route and they burn out or their family grows or for whatever reason, they're, you know, they're in, they're out. Guys you've coached with, good guys that I that I got to know when they were here and they're out of coaching completely. Um, is that, do, do you feel like if you had had to go the other route, you would have, like if you weren't able to stay at home, you'd still be in the business? It's tough for me to answer that question because I don't I don't know. I, I don't have the experience of having done that sure. to, to know that. So I really can't answer that question, but I just I just know that I'm very fortunate to have been able to stay here and, and work here the whole time and be productive and be in a a like I mentioned, a great city, a great program with, with tons of success and, and Watch the program grow and and help grow it alongside with Coach Rowe. It's uh, yeah, guys like you and and Wingert are in football. It's so rare in college sports, and I think it's so cool too. And obviously, just growing up here and being a part of it, it means something a little different when you grow up around it than when you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a reality. It doesn't mean that someone that comes from the outside doesn't. It's not as important or not as special or anything like that, but just different. There's something about being at home that makes it different. ESPN fourteen twenty. Well, you guys are at home for the final three. It's the final series, so scheduled Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When this when the, when the standings are as jam packed as they are, and every game counts, you want to get these three games in bad because there's a chance if you get two in, you might lose out by a half game on a, on a higher seed, which is always important in the tournament, and especially this year when you look at the pod system for the tur- tournament layout. So what's the game plan going into this weekend with the weather forecast being what it is here? 
Well, it's, as you mentioned, obviously get all three in. And we're still a day out. So to make a call right now about tomorrow, even though there's a great percentage uh, chance of rain, it's tough to do. I think the later we get into the day, hopefully the forecast will become a little more settled. And, and you know, because that's usually what we do when we're dealing with this is Obviously, the later it gets, the more updated information, the hour by hour mm-hmm. gets extended, you know, into when you're going to be playing. And so you take a look at it. So definitely going to wait till later today to see what tomorrow may bring and possibly and probably even tomorrow morning. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where we have to play two on Friday, one on Saturday. I do know that we can't take the series into Sunday because they're going to be here tonight. So we've got to get three games in or as many as we can from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So whether that means two Friday, one Saturday, get one in Friday, two Saturday, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like. But I do know that we will try to get all three in because, as you mentioned, with everything being everything being packed so tightly towards the top and the way the tournament format is to where you are the one and two seed, you don't play Tuesday, you don't play till Wednesday or Thursday, then it's it's very important that we get all of them in. It's there's so many unique <clears throat> possibilities of this conference tournament because of the pod system. We've talked a lot about for those who don't understand, you got four pods, three teams in each one. The winner of each pod advances to the semifinals of the tournament. If every team finishes with, you know, one and one in the pod, well the team that's the highest seed advances. So mm-hmm. again, you really want to get that highest seed. But let's say you're you're the higher seed in that pod, the highest seed in that pod. You win your first game, and then you don't play again until the other teams have already played a few times, and that team you beat, like, there's a chance you win game one, and by the time you win game two, you already know that you're advancing. That's a possibility. I didn't mean it's going to happen. Now, okay, we get to rest a guy, but if you need to throw a guy, you guys got two pretty good ones for your Friday and Saturday night starters. The The – the options that are potentially there are widespread, and yet best thing to do is just get the best seed possible. So you don't. So number one, it's your best chance to advance. But number two, it opens up all of those possibilities. Right, and you certainly don't want to take all the possibilities that could present itself in the conference tournament, as you just mentioned, and start to plan on that right now you just have to take it when it gets here absolutely if that 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 occurs then okay hey we've got this opportunity to rest this guy or bypass this guy you know but only if that presents itself but it can't present itself unless you have a really high seed that is correct 100 percent um so the mindset this weekend is arigetti cook and then we'll we'll tbd it for game three absolutely absolutely Bullpen's been really strong. Rock solid. Rock solid, especially this weekend in the in, in those two wins. I mean, especially the 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 Friday the Friday game just that 15 or 14 inning game putting up zero after zero after zero after zero and until we could finally bust through a crack. <clears throat> excuse me, was just was just phenomenal. It's really what we needed. You know, we we talked on the way back before everybody went to sleep is if you're going to win two, win Friday and then win game 3 before the before That's the right. bus ride home, That's you know. Right. Um if those are the two that you're going to win. So, but it was a great weekend. We 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 played well. We played some good baseball and 
upset that we weren't able to play last night in, in, at UNO, you know, um, going to get, we were going to be able to get David Christie another start, you know, get him out on the mound and along with some other guys that kind of haven't thrown in a, in a little bit, <clears throat> but that didn't happen. It's out of our control. I mean, I understand why the game had to be canceled for sure, but definitely wanted to, to get that game in before this weekend, but weren't able to, at least we were able to get in a couple hours of practice yesterday, plan on doing that again this morning, leading up to game one tomorrow night. What's practice like when you have to do it inside? Well, yesterday we were able to go outside. Uh, we had a window from 10 to about 12. Some guys, those guys I mentioned, David Christie, Will yeah. Moriarty, some of those guys threw in a control-type inner squad. But when we go inside, you know, there's cages inside the indoor practice facility, and we hit off hack machines and take but some ground balls. Is, it just, and, is there something, is there just something lost there? Well, there is because, I mean, we play our game outside, you know, so there is a little bit lost, but, you know, guys do a great job of, focusing and and just getting their work done. The thing about indoor workouts for me, for us, is an outdoor, an outside workout, if it runs a little lengthy, it's kind of okay. You're outside. You you know, when indoor workouts run lengthy, not not good. good. So when you go inside, you know, you've got to just get in, get your work done, get out, because you don't want it. The longer you're in, the more guys start to lose focus and talk about other things think about other things so just a whole different feel man it's it is just, uh, it, it the routine's different what did y'all do as a guy that's 50 and been here for a long time that's not old just older <laughs> what did y'all do prior to the indoor because the indoor's been there since what 08 07 something like that 07 around yeah i remember i was here when it was built what did y'all do before that when it was raining just no practice have a good day See you tomorrow. That's I mean, all we could do. And and you used to. I mean, I just you used to have to right. You have to. You had to cut the grass at the field, and then it was raining. You have to make sure it was covered. Well, yeah. First you'd put, first you'd have the players put the tarp on the field. Then you'd tell them. What have about a good when day. it just starts raining, like in the middle of the night? Well, when it would start, if a shower like that would happen, there's nothing that you could do about it. But you know, back then, as opposed to now, back then I could tell you when it was going to rain, how much it was going to rain, and for how long it was going to rain. Okay. Because you had to pay attention to the forecast right. that closely with the, natural surf, with, the, with the natural surface. And usually, it, you know, if we knew that we were going to get a pretty good shower overnight, we would cover it at the end of practice or depending on the time of year, later 7 or 8 o'clock, you know, once the temperatures got down a little bit, we'd cover it for the night and then they'd have to show up at, Six thirty, seven in the morning before class to take it off. Uh, it was you know have BJ on one day and ask BJ about the old tarp days. I mean it. I remember then, when you guys got the turf, the uh, relief. Oh my goodness! Like you, if if you had told Bab, I can give you one Christmas present, only <laughs> one for the next ten years. You only get one. You would have been like put turf on that. Field. Well, just as I mentioned about the forecast, I went from knowing when, where, and how much. As far as rain, yeah. To we're good. Oh, it's supposed to rain today, <laughs> or when it would start raining. Oh, I didn't know it was going to rain today, just because I wouldn't worry about the forecast. And getting back to, you know, my original question about going inside and how it, you know, it, it feels a little different and it breaks up the routine a little bit. The hell, a lot better than just calling practice. Sorry, we can't get together. Well, absolutely. You know, and and even with that, we hope to one day very soon. You know, even though we have the indoor practice, it has. 100 yards of turf and four batting cages that we can use. We still 
need, in our opinion, our own complex, our own facility at our stadium. You know, because if you've got that at your stadium, cages, indoor mounds, that takes on a whole different feel. It's still indoors, but that takes on a whole different feel also as going into the indoor football practice facility. It's a multi-purpose building. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all sports use it, but it's a it's a football field, right? And and if you have your own place at your stadium, at your facility, where guys can go from the locker room into their back, it just it's a whole different feel. You know, it's it's theirs. Um, so we're that's we're working to try and get get that at our facility really soon from new offices, new locker room to indoor hitting, indoor pitching. That's the hope. Yeah, I I, I can't wait till you turn 70 and we're talking on the radio and you're showing me pictures from when you first started to what everything looks like now because you've seen how much we talked, I guess, a week or two ago about ML Teagmore Field to Teagmore Field at Russo Park and the difference there, but Mm – that's the that's the most visible one, obviously, but all of the other things slowly over time from the indoor to the turf to what you know the 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 hope is and the plan is for the future and looking at that and how much it can benefit a program man it's you know you can't really put i mean you i guess you technically you have to put a price tag on it, but you know what I mean you can't really put a price tag in terms of the value of it the value the correct yes forty two after the hour all right bullpen real quick we mentioned it. Blake Marshall and Dane Dixon getting wins and saves on the road against the first place team in a a crucial series. Early in the season, these guys weren't weren't even traveling, man. What have they done to carve out that role and put themselves in a situation where you guys where you guys obviously trusted them to go out there and get the job done? Well, it's the coach robe adage, the work while you wait, you know? They in their situation and they've made the most of it. They knew early on that they weren't going to get a lot of time. They weren't in the frame, so to speak. They were, they were right on the edge. They, they, were, they were right on the edge of that frame, but not right in the center of it like some of the other guys. But they continued to work in the bullpen, continued to work with BJ. They didn't feel sorry for themselves that they weren't pitching. They didn't take it out on anybody else. They pulled for the guys that were pitching. They did everything right. And when you do everything right, generally it'll come back to you. You're going to deserve success. And... That's exactly what they got. They just went out there and and performed. You know, the last few times both of them have been out on the mound, it's been really, really good, especially not to undermine anything that Dane has done, but for Blake to come out as a left-handed specialist, so to speak, to be able to get a team's best left-handed hitter out is enormous. It's, It's an enormous task to undertake, first of all, but it's also enormous to to get it done, and he's done that. So it's just invaluable to have a guy that you can bring in and trust and know that you've got a really good shot of getting this other team's best hitter out in a pressure situation. Yeah. Not just, you know, two outs and nobody on. Two outs and the bases jammed, you know? And in a come series in, against the first-place team in a right? division that is up for grabs at the moment. Correct. Big big time stuff there. ESPN 1420. That is Anthony Babineau, associate head baseball coach for Louisiana's Rage of Cajuns. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. If you're thinking about booking a wedding, maybe you're getting married in the fall, 
Come on, guys. It's suit up. 3546 Ambassador Caffrey, located between Rooms to Go and Lafayette Shooters. It's over there next to the uh, Taboola Lebanese restaurant on Ambassador Caffrey. They got it all. But, again, you have a friend. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a loved one. You're looking to book a wedding. Do it. Go to suit up. Tell them you heard about it from me. They're going to hook you up with a great deal. If you have five or more groomsmen, the uh, the groom, that tux rental, that's free. That's on the house. Ring bear, half off. Great atmosphere, incredible customer service. Maybe it's not a wedding. Maybe you just need a new suit. Maybe you just need casual clothes. Maybe you need something really nice. Another special they got going on, two suits for $300 on select suits right now. But shoes, socks, belts, pants, shirts, button-ups. They got the Southern Marsh line, nice, comfortable line of clothing. That is, by the way, started in Louisiana. Now it is an international clothing brand. It's all over the place. They got it at Suit Up. Suit Up locally owned and operated, and they are starting to break ground on a store. They are going to be opening in New Iberia, and they want to tell the community thank you for all of your support, supporting local business, and you come out looking good. They even had Jay Walker looking sharp, and let me tell you something. He could have gone on that old show, What Not to Wear, that my wife used to watch on Bravo or something. They couldn't have even helped Jay, but Suit Up helped him. I mean, when you can help an ugly duckling turn into a beautiful goose, at least for a night, you're doing something right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Anthony Babineau, our guest at ESPN1420.com. ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Sponsored by Suit Up. If you're listening to ESPN 1420 Live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and in connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. The Cajun Heartland State Fair. It's coming back. May 27th. Week from tomorrow, it starts. Presented by LU. Fun, fun. Learn more. Click on fair on the What's Hot bar over at ESPN1420.com. Go to CajunOM.com to learn about how you can get the ESPN1420 Mega Band. I'm sure there was a, 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 a time years ago where Bab showed up. I knew that's Heartland what you were going to ask. Fair. I knew. I in could a cowboy see it. hat. In a cowboy <laughs> hat. I could see it in your eyes. Am I that, wrong? That's where you were going. Am I wrong? No. Okay. Probably I, mean, I got to segue back to the. I don't know. I, I mean, if I would, I, I went a couple of times. I don't know if I went in a cowboy hat or not. I went plenty of other places in a cowboy hat, but I don't know if I went to the state fair. I think that's what we hat. learned. Like of the coaches on the staff, you're the one that could pull off the cowboy hat best. Well, I don't know if I pulled it off or not, but I did it for. I think a few years there. I think you pulled it off. I mean, in, you grew in up college. In, you grew up in Karen the, the country scene, the country, the country club. I was a. I would dance. I love to dance. Like country dance? So, like square yeah. dancing? Oh, no, no, not square dancing. No. Just slow it down to some, like, Travis Tritt or something? No, you know, two-step, jitterbug. Oh, polka. yeah, the jitterbug. That stuff. Learn the jitterbug, that stuff. and you can do it to anything. Anything. Country, hip-hop, whatever. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not all hip-hop, but, like, you know, Chris Ardwin, that type of... Mm-hmm. Is that cool? Keith Frank, oh, man, get mm-hmm. the jitterbug going, and then you just... Throw in a cu- if you go do the jitterbug and throw in a couple of like twists and turns and <laughs> whirls. If you do that like in a different part of the country and like it's just some Zydeco country music, people will just their eyes open up. Like, how did you learn that? Mm-hmm. The easiest thing ever. It's not hard at all. And I am definitely not an expert, even though you think I am. No, you've just got to have a little bit of rhythm. A little bit of rhythm is all it takes, and be able to count. 
you can count to three and have a little bit of rhythm, That's you can dance. That's, That's all it takes. takes. Get a little rhythm. Who's, but, got, who's got the worst rhythm? Oh, man. I haven't seen them all dance, but, you know, I've seen a couple of them <laughs> think that they know what they're doing, but... Ah, oh, man. What I would give to see it. Doesn't look too good. Right now, uh, the Cajuns scheduled to take on Troy tomorrow. Friday and Saturday, 6, 6, and 4 o'clock. You can hear them on News Talk 96.5 KPEL, powered by Learfield IMG College. Um, if the rain gets in the way tomorrow, they'll make a decision. They'll maybe play two Friday, one Saturday. Remember, Saturday, you've got uh, graduation ceremonies. You're honoring four seniors. We talked about them earlier. Wrapping it up with this, uh, Bab, Troy, a good team. I know they're you know in the East, but... Um, 12-9 and nine in conference play. They've won a number of games. They've got some impressive wins on their schedule as well. What's the biggest challenge they present this uh, this series? Well, they, they do a lot of things pretty well. You know, they're, they're pretty balanced. So we're going to have to be on top of our game. We, we've, we've just got to score. That's, that's been our whole deal. If we score, we can win. And I know that sounds crazy. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you score, you win. But for us, if we score, it doesn't have to be a lot. But if we score, we can win because of our pitching staff, because of the depth in our staff. We can, we can bring guys out like, like you said, Marshall, Dixon, other guys. You know, for the we don't have to keep using guys. We brought this up to the team uh, about the win. Uh, this about the wins this weekend. When you look at at game three, you know they're bringing back guys that they used on on game one and game two. We're bringing back. We're bringing, We're not bringing back anybody. You know, we're the only guy we brought back was Tally. Yeah, everybody else is fresh and ready to go. So that's one of the advantages that we have on you know a lot of teams. Um, so, and I think that's going to come to play this weekend as well. All of the guys that have played multiple roles. The final question of the uh, the morning: All the guys that have played multiple roles this year for you. Is that paying off more now later in the season? The fact that. We could talk about C.J. Talley, whoever, guys that have had to play multiple positions. Now you're bringing in a guy that never played in the East realized, oh, he actually did in high school, and then he got to college and he got put. Having guys be able to do multiple things, um, I know we talked about the lineup earlier finally being settled, but that versatility, do you feel like you guys are better now here in late May than early in the season because they've shown that they can do multiple things? Uh, I think we, I think that has come into play for sure. And, you know, had – TR not been able to play third. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten the the great play we've gotten out of him these last few weeks, you know. And and you talk about C.J. Willis being able to move different spots. I mean, I'll tell you another thing about <laughs> about C.J. is, you know, with Drake's situation, we think Drake's going to be back, but mm-hmm. if not, you know, we've also we've obviously got two other catchers. But C.J. caught yesterday in the inter squad game. Come on, hey man. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, don't be shocked if you see old number 44 squatting down one game this weekend. You never know. You All never right. know. But uh, it has paid off for us tremendously and been able to move guys around. I think I think 100% it has. Anthony Babineau has been our guest. Bab, it's always a blast, man. Thank you for taking the time. We'll be listening and watching. Uh, whether it's tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, whether it's two Friday, one Saturday, whatever it is, we'll be there. We'll be watching. We'll be listening as well. And we look forward to talking to you. Next week, you'll probably already be on the road. Will you guys have played yet? Will you be playing that day? That stuff we'll all find out this weekend. But 
As always, man, I appreciate the time. All the best. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Don't go anywhere. Steve Pelequin is next with Beyond the Game. It's ESPN 1420.com. Thanks to Bab. Thanks to Top. Thanks to Deuce Wallace, who joined me in the 7 o'clock hour. New Orleans Saints defensive back. It's cool saying that. Steve's next. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.